Hello, hello, OdaFest listeners. This is Season 8, Episode 18 of the OdaFest Podcast. And today with me, we have Nancy, Jay, and Dio. Hello. I'm eating cheese. OdaFest Podcast <laughs> listeners in this podcast? Never. With this cheese? With this economy? <laughs> Entirely located to Nancy's office. Can I see it? No. <laughs> it has been an exciting week. It has been a week, one of the weeks of all time. I'm true. And true. we're here God, to this talk meme, to you I, about it today. I'm already tired of this meme. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the memes of all time. It is a meme of all time, and I'm tired of all time. <laughs> And that's a mood. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I wasn't at least a little bit tired. That was that was yesterday before I went to bed. Indeed. Oh. And then I went to bed and I was tired. Really? And now I'm still tired. Yes, that's true. It do be like that sometimes. Does this have anything perhaps to do with craft beer? It absolutely does. It does. And all I have to say is that Craft beers are getting a little bit out of control. <laughs> okay, hold They're, on. You, what do you sound mean out of control. Old, you sound old. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are going off the rails. I tell you what. So Dio and I. In my day, <laughs> beers were simply drinkable. <laughs> Dio and I. We had a fantastic dinner date at the third a local brewery to her, where I had Don't dox a. Me. a <laughs> Kelp coffee stout. And it was fantastic. I'm trying to imagine what that would taste like. But that's not the beer that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's not the it beer that I want to talk good. about. It was very good. It was actually quite nice. I would recommend it. It has a nice umami and not a fishy flavor. Afterwards, we hit up the beer exchange. And I just I just picked certain flavors that sounded particularly good. Like a, a nice raspberry, a nice raspberry sour a coconut stout, and a Vietnamese coffee stout. All of those beers were absolutely fantastic. What I hadn't realized at the time, an average beer is like 45 to 5% alcohol mm-hmm. by volume. Mm-hmm. The raspberry beer was 7%. That is, that is a strong beer. Like 6% is considered a strong beer. Anything above that is is... Really, really upping its game. And if you go back about a decade ago, it was almost a rule of thumb that the higher the alcohol volume went, the more the taste went down. It was... There have been times where I've had a 13% beer once, and it was absolutely vile. So I take a sip of this 7% beer, and it's fantastic. It's delicious. It's like drinking raspberry juice. I was very much uh enjoying it and then i moved on to the vietnamese coffee stout the vietnamese coffee stout i don't know how i missed this it was in large bold letters right on the front of it eight and a half percent alcohol by volume whopper so between these two cans that's effectively as much alcohol as three cans of of beer Hmm. that's a lot now, again, this coffee stout was everything that I wanted it to be. Delicious. I did not 
taste the alcohol at all, I was surprised. I was like, is, is this really eight and a half percent? And yes, yes, it was. And then I moved on to the final strong beer of the night. Something that just caught my eye, a nice, a nice coconut stout. And I was like, oh, oh, a coconut stout. That, that should be a little bit creamy, a little bit stouty, a little bit coffee with a nice coconut flavor. That, that would be very... And then I look at it closer and I'm like, 10? 10? 10%? This, this beer was basically like drinking wine. Yeah. But when you're having wine, you're having like... A usually, little bit. Usually a, like a, six a ounces. Small glass. Or maybe an eight ounce glass of wine. Not, not a, a 16, 16 ounce, ounce can of wine. Perhaps yeah. it is not the beer which is strong, but it is you who is weak. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the beer. This, this coconut stout was, again, exceptionally delicious. Like it was a very thick, creamy stout with the right amount of sweetness a nice toasted coconut notes throughout it. And somehow they snuck 10% beer into every sip that I had. And I couldn't find it. I This one can was like drinking two regular cans. But your liver could find it. <laughs> I, I kind of... Okay, every time I've ever seen a stout in, like, in a glass... I always imagine that drinking it is like drinking a thick syrup. Yes. And the way the way that Angelo is describing it right now sounds like they took a coconut beer and distilled it into a stout. They somehow managed to remove water without removing the alcohol. The alcohol. <laughs> yeah, somehow. I have Jesus. no idea how they accomplished this. Science, like I probably. Said, True. Craft beers are out of control. <laughs> I'm here for it. They were thoroughly good. But good lord. See, next time we just get you, like, next time we're going to find the mythical, like, 15% alcohol by per volume beer. No, thank you. We're going to find that. No, thank you. I'm, I'm too weak. <laughs> I'm too much of a baby. We'll make you strong. We'll make you be able to handle the I'm most alcoholic beer that beer brewmasters can create. I'm just going to get some Stiegel Rattlers that are like 2.5% next time. Damn, Those I are like delicious, Rattlers, though. though. They're really yummy. Juice mm. and beer go great together. Yummy, Agree. yummy, yummy. Agree. Yes. Agree. Dang. But so yeah. how hungover are you? Uh, it is about 18 hours since I last sipped beer, and I still have a headache. Mm. Yay! Good job. I'm that into is... my third glass of water, one glass of coffee, and we had a nice, cheesy, eggy, grilled cheese sandwich for breakfast. Nice and fatty to help absorb and do all the good stuff. We joked Jeez, a little bit. to meet we... you. Right? We we joked a little bit about having like a mukbang podcast today and it's like that's that's not really gonna happen because recording quality while you're trying to chew around food is not great, but the idea counted and it was a really nice thought to have like a nice grilled cheese sandwich while we sit here chatting it up. Yeah, grilled cheese and cast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> But yeah, you'd have to hear like all the, you'd have to hear all the, yeah. like Minecraft noises on yeah, the podcast, which I think would be kind of uh, unenjoyable. 
So just imagine that we all have, we have grilled cheese sandwiches in our hearts. Next time podcast. on the Oda Cheese Grilled Cast. <laughs> Depending on how <laughs> greasy that sandwich is, yeah, it's definitely going straight to your heart. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I love but cheese, that though. was our night, and it was fantastic. The only thing that could have made the night better would have been board games. But there are certain yeah. things in board games that just... Always rub you wrong, you, especially they, when you're alcoholized. Okay, so I am far from a board game connoisseur. In fact, the last time a whole bunch of us got together and played games, it was an exercise in attempting to force your brain to develop telepathy just in time <laughs> for our game of Hanabi. So Hanabi Indeed. is a game. Oh, God. I love Hanabi. Hanabi is a great game. game. It is a game where every person has four tiles and they face outwards. So you as a player have no idea what you have, but you can see what everyone else has. It's and a game of trust. And you have to trust. be able to give the right clues to know, to, to be able to nudge people in the right direction to play something. And generally as a group of people, the first game is a little bit of a wash. And then after everybody figures out how, how we like to give hints, it gets a lot better. Hanabi is a fantastically well-designed game because it uses very few pieces, the rules are very simple, and it's very straightforward to play. Yeah. I love Tokaido. Tokaido is a fantastic board game about how to out-vacation all your friends. It is basically oh, about you and all your friends going on a vacation uh, throughout Japan, and you're going to try to out-vacation each other. You're going to have better food than each other. You're going to try to save as much money as you can going to hot springs, and you're going to try and buy like nice little souvenirs for bringing back with you when you go home. And it's not even about finishing like the first or fastest it you actually want to go slow and enjoy the the journey. Oh, it's a enjoy great game. the journey, enjoy it. the scenery, and you want to be a dick sometimes and like block someone from getting the thing they need to finish their entire painting. I don't know. That's what I you always do on vacation: is block other <laughs> block other people's <laughs> vacation experiences. That's the thing, though, is that that is a thing that will it happen in this game. It's not enough for me to succeed on my vacation; others yeah. must fail. Exactly. So, I love this game. Uh, the expanded version that you got through Kickstarter was really, really nice because um, in the original map, only one person could be at each spot on the journey throughout the way. So you couldn't have like two people at the bank getting more money, for example. Yeah. It's kind of a thing that you need if your character is the one that starts out with like very little money and you need ways to make money on your way through the journey. So, cool. I like this new map. However, the thing that really bothers me about this game is that the iconography that they attempt to explain conditions to you, it needs to become a lot more intuitive. So okay. you, you have certain things where now you can go to a store and you can buy conditions, like win conditions, to give yourself more victory points. Oh. For example, you can go and buy a condition that says you get bonus victory points if you have uh, XYZ different kinds of card backs instead. And that's not a standard ruling in the game unless you buy it as a condition. Huh. The, the interpretation of the condition is you look at it and you go, I have no idea what these icons mean. And it's the same 
case with most things. Like, even for the characters, when you're choosing your characters, you look at them and you're like, what is my character's special power? You have no idea. You need the manual. And the manual isn't small. You need the manual to be able to be like, okay, what does this card do? What does this character do? What does that do? And Right, so you want to play the game, but you can't play the game because you're spending, like, 50 minutes going through this deciphering like 70 icons page, fib, mm-hmm. like 70 page bibliography with appendices and 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 like a table of contents to figure out what the heck anything in the game means and and i have likened this as a joke but now the more i think about it the more accurate it becomes it is like trying to understand hieroglyphics and you have you have a dictionary for it somewhere but you must find the right hieroglyphic Right, All like you time. have to. It's it's like it's like if you have like uh like a, a a Chinese character dictionary or like a Japanese character dictionary, and it's like, oh, I want to go find this picture. Well, I have to know what this picture looks like, and I have to understand how it looks compared to the other pictures to understand where it's going to be in the dictionary, which I wouldn't know how to do because if I knew th- if I knew the picture, I wouldn't need the dictionary. So this basically results in a game where you need to keep the manual close at hand because anytime you pick up stuff or or anytime you get to go to the shop and buy something, uh, you're allowed to look through all of them to pick yeah. one that you want to buy. So if you go to the shop and you're like, I'm going to buy one of these funky wind conditions and there are 16 of them, you need to read through all 16 of them to figure to out which one you want to buy. understand which one you want. Oh. So that brought back all these UX feelings, user experience feelings about inconsistently designed game mechanics. And I yeah. bet you, Dio and Angelo, have some inconsistently designed game mechanics that they've hated and Jay has had to hate through various video games in the past that we've all and played. And games, yeah. Because for the longest time, and I remember this because the first time I played Final Fantasy X, it was on a CRT screen, I couldn't understand what the icons meant. Because <laughs> they're so tiny. And they didn't make sense to me. Like, you look yeah. at them and you're like, is that a number? Is that an icon? What yeah. is that? What is that? Is that a letter, a number? Uh, and the answer is, it's a mysterious third thing. Good luck. It's the element alignment of the, of the creature you're trying to fight. And I'm like, you're like oh, that was readily that apparent? Need? You're like, it's a, it's a pink blobby thing. What does pink blobby thing communicate? I don't know. <laughs> a thing, maybe. Anyway. Yep. Yep. I love games, board games and video games, but sometimes when I come across these oddly inconsistent or difficult to intuit meanings behind icons that don't make sense, it really pulls you out of the immersion. And I fully, fully, yeah. fully clarify that to me, it's really important to be like in a fully or easily immersible gaming experience. Yeah. Okay. I have two quirks that are similar, but also the same thing that always bother me about games. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I would describe this is like the best games that I've played of any kind, whether they're like a board game, a sports game, a video game, they have a good balance between not under explaining the instructions so that like, you know, you don't get thrown in and you're like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. And I have to, you know, I have to research a master's degree to understand how to have fun in this game. 
or, you know, the complete opposite end where it's like, I am being torture chambered through the world's longest and most useless tutorial that is just that I that I can't skip and I can't get around. And it's like, but I just I, I understand, like, there are some things that are intuitive enough that you don't have to explain to me. I can just figure it out. The best games sit in the middle of this. And I also think, especially when it comes to story driven games, the best stories also sit in the middle of this, where they don't under explain the setting. So you're like, I don't know what the heck is going on. And I have no idea how much of my disbelief I'm supposed to, you know, suspend to enjoy this thing versus mm-hmm. like the over explained story that is like, you Lord are just, dump. you're just, you're just lore dumping at me and telling me what's going on. And I'm like, I don't care anymore because I don't get to be a part of the story. Those are like the two things that drive me nuts. So like, I hate a game where I get thrown in and I'm like, I have no idea what controls I'm supposed to be using. Am I supposed to use a mouse and keyboard? Am I supposed to use a controller? Am I supposed to use a combination of both? Cause there are games that do that now. Like, mm. what do you want me to do versus games that are like, here, you have, you now have to play this unskippable one hour tutorial to play the game. Mm-hmm. And there, you can't oh, skip yeah. it and you have to do this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. I under, I don't need you to teach me how to pre- press the X key to pick up a box. I don't need you to tell me that I can use Wasid to move. I know. Be- yeah, I know. the best games, the best game tutorials are the ones that don't feel like they're a tutorial, but they are yeah. actively still teaching you. It's, it's, yeah. it's the same. You know, you could say it's the same way about like literal real world education. I don't mm-hmm. want to be given a textbook on physics and be told how to figure like to figure it out on my own and but i also don't want a teacher to be hovering over me uh pointing out every mistake i'm making as i'm making as i'm making it sort of thing you know what i mean like totally 100 it needs to be organic in nature and the interest has to be there too the tutorial cannot be purely a tutorial be a tutorial that only serves to to lecture shove the mechanics in yeah, my face as opposed to it needs to be gameplay is what i'm saying a tutorial yeah. needs mm-hmm. to be gameplay without feeling so it doesn't feel like they're just breathing down your neck with hey did you press x to open this box yet hey if you did open you, up this you menu that? i actually th- that's something i hate uh elden ring does this where really? the moment you pre- the first time you open up a menu it immediately explains the menu and then you go to another menu winded awful tutorial yeah Mm. like another like when i say the menu it'll be like the first one will be the character uh item screen Screen. and then the second one will be collectibles and the other one yeah weapons and armor and it will explain everyone like i've never like I've never played a it. video game in my life before. Like I have no, I don't, I don't. Yeah, know you might as well have assumed that I don't is. know how to read at that point. Exactly. You know what I mean? I, I oh, hate that. It drives me nuts. And so the other aspect of this is not only in the gameplay aspect, but in the narrative. Because I, I like, like I like RPGs, and I do like story and narrative-driven games. Same. But that means your narrative has to actually be good. Like mm-hmm. if you, like you, there are tons of games out there where the gameplay is fantastic. And the story is kind of trash. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy X-2 is one of my favorite games of all time. The <laughs> gameplay in that game <clears throat> is perfect. It's amazing. It's the, I will, this is my hill to die on. It's the best Final Fantasy job system ever. Like, bar none. But the story <laughs> is a mess. The story, <laughs> the story is just a mess. And that's okay. Uh... 
but like, you know, it, it can be really ruining. And there, there's a specific quirk in I've noticed in narratives, especially now, because we're sort of seeing this resurgence of like cyberpunk and mm-hmm. like uh, techno futurism and mm-hmm. post humanism, like all that, all those sort of themes and narratives are coming up again. But we're also alongside that seeing a resurgence of high fantasy and like mm-hmm. your classic, like wizards and castles elves and dragons and-, and elves and stuff. Yeah. And so, because you're seeing both of those come up, you're seeing nori- stories and narratives that are trying to like merge the two, like where you mm-hmm. have a mix of of magic science which yeah. can be really really good final fantasy as an example had like loves to do this it loves to either blend them or let them be distinct and let them be like warring competing factions of you have a magic society over here and a technology society over here yeah and that's cool mm-hmm. but the thing is if you do magic so if you do technology, technology has rules, right? It's it, Technology is typically bounded by reasonable human understanding of real world science. Yep. Magic is fantasy. It's bullshit, but I'm going to believe it because the whole point is that it's bullshit and it's not real and it's not based on anything that exists. You mean I can't so, just summon a train? <laughs> Right. This is exactly if if, if your thing is I'm going to summon a train, I get confused because it's like it's like, do you want me to think about the mechanization of the train or you just want me to accept that you, you know, if you tell me I summon a giant monster and it breathes fire. okay, I don't have to think about it. It's a but if you're like, I summon train. I doom summon train. Doom Train, and on Doom Train, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of drones, and the drones have missiles. I'm like. Do you so? Do you want me to think about like the war theater of this and how it's mechanized, <laughs> or do you just want me to be like it's bullshit and I believe it? And so I hate series that either like mesh the two together in a way that doesn't make sense and is very disjoint, mm. or worse, where mm-hmm. they try to do science magic, where the magic mm. is like over engineered, over explained, like. It's so it's like it's both bullshit. I can't believe because you won't let me just like believe it. Like you won't just like give me this thing and not tell me (laughs) and not tell me about it. Or, you know, you're 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 but you're also giving me an explanation that's meaningless. Like the perfect example for, for this is like if you're a Star Wars fan, the force just is it's just magic. Like yep. it, it's everything just magic. else is science. Yeah. But we have yeah, one but, but element the, of but we have one element of magic and it's great. Yeah. Right. The force doesn't need explaining. It's just magic. And then midichlorians. And then midichlorians come in. And so you watch the prequel series and the movie, the prequel series spends like an entire movie and a half, like trying to be like, and there's like this scientific explanation for how the force works. I'm like, I don't care. Oh, I didn't. Nobody talked about it. Speak uh, uh, sort of similar, but not similar. So Mm -hmm. when I threw in that rat, that random ass Dato Bio, (laughs) I I I, like literally maybe two or three days ago, I was just bored and randomly browsing like Wikipedia, and I was like, oh wait, Naruto's a thing. So I went into the Naruto fanpedia because I was like, let's see what Boruto's up to because I I have not like (laughs) followed up any of it, like because I don't. I, I, I've, I have been out of Naruto for a very long time. I've just Wikipedia'd, like, the storyline, because I don't care. It's, first of all, it's wild. Like, the, the, the enemies that they face now and, and the powers that they have. Um, but the other thing is, they're actually, like, I would say ninja uh, powers are 
pretty mystical in their own sense. Like yeah, they don't yeah. pass it off as magic necessarily, but there's but a it's, mysticism it's a, about it's a, it's it, a, right? It's a fantastical thing. Right? It's a folk, it's a folkloric mysticism, essentially, yeah. is what it is, yeah, right? Exactly. Because you've got like hmm. ninjutsu and genjutsu, which is, are like uh, uh, illusions and illusions and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it's like mm-hmm. it's not really explainable by science. Yeah, but there is, but there are science. But there's, there's ninja but science, there is science now. and technology in Naruto. In, yeah, yeah. There, oh. Like there is now. There's, there's someone who actually. There's a, there's a major side character that like develops ninja tech now. And I thought that was yeah. really interesting. They like the main character Broto, and I guess all the kids nowadays, these damn Gen Zers, um, <laughs> darn kids they, these they, days. They have like a a wristband, like a like a like a reboot Guardian wristband kind of thing that does that has <laughs> like that does ninja tech for them, that can imitate like a ninjutsu, for example. It's kind wow. of interesting. I don't know. It is kind of. I cool. didn't look too deep into it. I was just like, I only wanted a surface level understanding. And you were mm-hmm. like, "What's going on?" Yeah. But yeah, that that, that that's my, my that's my game slash narrative quirks. Yeah, I just sure. realized that in the sequel to Baruto, the ninjutsu are gonna be DLC for their pin pads or whatever. No, for their pit boys, they're gonna they're gonna have to pay money for every single ninjutsu they buy. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, use. They're gonna go to the, the ninjutsu the... microtransaction store. Yeah. Ninja, the, the ninjutsu it's, it's, eShop. Yeah. Oh no. Ninjutsu FTs. Yes. Oh, nin no. nin fungible. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nin fungible jutsu. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, and on another side note, when I talked about Doom Train, I just remembered uh like I unlocked a small stupid core memory just now. In in <laughs> Final so Fantasy VIII, summons are called Guardian forces. Guardian forces. Yeah, yeah. GF. yeah it's called. It's a GF. But mm-hmm. I've always associated the thing GF, like With the acronym GF, as girlfriend, not not yep, gluten free or anything else. Yep. It's girlfriends. girlfriends. So when you summon, summon your doom train girlfriend, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, your doom train girlfriend. Yes, that yeah. is exact. I remember. I was always like, these are these are not my summons. My, they're not my monsters. They're, they're my, my girlfriends. girlfriends. I, also, <laughs> I girlfriend. also had the same thought. Yes. Yeah. Many many years ago, when I was a wee one trying to play, trying to figure out how to PlayStation. You can boost your girlfriend yeah. too. Don't for, don't forget. Oh yes. I do. I do have a, a core memory of Final Fantasy VIII that is also like a very specific video game quirk. I don't really think you see this so much in games anymore, but especially for games of that time, where you would get locked, like you would have like save files that were locked in an unbeatable loop. I was playing Final Fantasy VIII and I got my game locked in an in a in the worst possible loop where it was I I had messed up. I had accidentally saved over keep in mind I was a child. So I Mm -hmm. I wasn't in the habit of keeping multiple save files. So I had one save file. And I had accidentally saved on this save file. I had gotten past a point in a game in the game where you can't go into the menus and re-equip all your stuff. Um, no. And so I had accidentally de-equipped everything. <gasps> gotten no. past the point where you can re-equip stuff and save the game, not knowing that I was walking into a major boss fight. So oh, I couldn't no. avoid the wow. boss fight, but I also couldn't equip items. 
No. Oh my god. So the game oh. was locked, and this was on. If you've never played Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy VIII is four discs. Yeah. This was on. This was the final boss fight at <gasps> the end of disc three. I can just no! imagine a ma- baby Dio just like no! literally breaking down. I just was so like, upset. I was like, "There's no way this happened." I like, I have to be able to. There has to be something I can do. Nope. The answer is keep multiple saves. Uh, okay. I will. Sometimes it's not save scumming. Yes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's not. Sometimes um, it is protecting your own sanity. Little little tiny Nancy, when she first played Final Fantasy VIII, she she wanted individual saves right where right before the FMVs, so she could watch the FMVs. Oh, that's so cute! I do remember doing I that think too. I f- I could be wrong, but I so I've never played Final Fantasy on a console. I've only ever played Final Fantasy games on PC. Uh, I think you can watch the end of I think you can pry open the game files uh like just into the folders and I think the FMVs are just there to be able to watch. What? On PC on those, PC? Yeah, yes. on the PC cuz the like the, the 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 FMVs or whatever they were just separate they were just separate, and they movie files. Yeah, they're not baked. Mm. Yeah, they're not. They're not like nowadays where all those where kind of things are actually into, baked into yeah. into other game files. I think you can just watch. Uh, yeah, you can in, just open your your Steam folder. So and baby Nancy would have loved that. Yeah, but baby Nancy just had the PlayStation, and exactly. they didn't have they didn't have the PC version of the game until like years later. Years later, um, that is. Yeah. I did oh, absolutely notice, true. But I did notice though my very first time actually getting the PC version of the game. This was before they recovered all of the code for Final Fantasy VIII, because for a long time all of the source code was just like lost somewhere in all a vault. over the place, and they were like, and we don't know where it is. So the first time I did get the PC version of the game, uh. My brain was like in overdrive. It's like, no, something's wrong. Something is wrong with this game. It is not the exact game that I played. And the problem was the MIDI, the MIDIing. So it was yes, the, MIDI the MIDI instrumentation. Yes. It was all wrong. It, it yes. sounded really off. Oh my God. I, I'm so glad you also had this experience. The, they fixed it eventually. They, they did, did fix it on the Steam version eventually. But the first, the, on the first re-releases of the old games... Because the MIDI music had been formatted specifically for the PlayStation, when they were regenerated back through just a PC like MIDI player, they sounded so off. It was they, so they were, weird. They were awful. <laughs> like it was bad. Like it was all just the music. so sorry. It was all because wrong. I wanted the nostalgia of hearing like do 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 do, and then I just hear. <laughs> and I'm like, What's <laughs> yeah, man, that's I my can garage. Exactly that's my, why that happened. That's my garage band cover of your most beloved game songs. Just bow, 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 bow. <laughs> the playing answer, a single the... chord at a time. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> the answer is um, when uh, Square. E- so when you when you got the PlayStation mm-hmm. way back when, Sony had put their own proprietary like they had put together their own proprietary midi player that MIDI rendered engine, the yeah. sounds in a specific way oh no, that's uh-huh. just how sound cards were in the 90s that's exactly that's just how sound cards sound were back cards then. in so, the and 90s so when you get it on a when you get it on a pc it's not that same proprietary oh, sound card oh, anymore so oh. it doesn't sound the same something exactly. so, something oh sorry go ahead angelo but i have something to so, like so the way that midi card. works Unlike MP3 or WAV files that store the actual sounds that were made, MIDI specifically 
is an instruction set for when to play what instrument. What instrument, exactly. And then the sound card is actually what plays the instrument. So in this type of situation, it's like there were, it was the same sheet music given to two different orchestras. Exactly. And that's why it sounded different. Exactly. And so it was so weird. And so I think what they ended up doing for the re-releases was they were like, oh, this is bad. And so they put it through the the PlayStation MIDI player and then exported them as proper sound files. As like, I think they are actual like proper WAV files now so that it sounds like it did on the PlayStation. Thank yep. goodness. Yeah. Complete, oh, thank com- goodness. Uh, somewhat related. Uh... Sony is releasing Walkmans. Wait, what? I did see that. I'm, but they're I'm not kind of walk- going crazy they're, about it. They're not Walkmans. They're basically just Android MP3 players. They what? are. They're, it's cr- there's also um somebody I'll, I'll, put I'll out. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it. I'll pull it up for. Put out, I've, so I've seen them. They're crazy. I'm like excited for them. I think the one that threw me off the most was not just the Sony ones. Here it is. But there's a third party company. It's not Apple, but they make. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a third party iPod video, iPod nano. Here, it's in the chat. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a music streaming player, but it physically looks like an iPod video or an iPod nano and is like a touchscreen that looks like an iPod video or an iPod nano. And if you don't want to buy the physical device, you can get the app for your phone that makes your phone screen look like the iPod video or the iPod nano. And I'm just like, oh, so I can't believe so much time has gone by. So I posted the link for the, for the, uh, like the new Sony Walkman product, which is again, like an Android 12 driven and essentially MP3 player of some kind. Um, uh-huh. It looks really good, I have to say. It looks amazing. I would have loved this uh, about 15 years ago when I was in high school, when I was exactly. still using stuff like uh, like the Creative. Remember Creative, the brand? Yeah. They, they I used ha- to have one of their little Movos, and they were perfect. Yeah, they, they yes. were actually a really, really good product if you didn't want an iPod Yeah, uh, yeah type, exactly. type thing. This yeah. looks amazing. Would have gotten one back then if it was you know also affordable. But this also reminds me that back... Back in the day when burning CDs was a thing, yes, I used to have a Sony. I think they were called Discmans, right? Like the yeah. the, yeah. the, the yep. CD player version. Yes, yeah. and and Sony had a proprietary program that they had for your computer that they did some kind of crazy compression to it, so that where most CDs could only hold maybe eighteen songs at most, really. Yes, mm-hmm. I could compress. 200 songs yes. onto a disc. Yes. And that back in the this. day when physical media was still king, it was and was also mind way more blowing. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Are you sure that was something special or were you maybe your uh, Walkman just could read data CDs? No, no because it was, that was, it was specifically a Sony it was a Sony, Sony thing. Soft, it, was a, it was Sony software yes, that it was you a burned Sony music thing. through and you could load 200 250 songs onto a standard CDR. Yep. And like, you know, way surpass like, you know, the girlfriends that I had back in the time, they got the best mix CD because I oh. had the 200 song list. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Hey. That's crazy. Oh, baby. It was cra- I, rem- I remember That's basically this a I, marriage proposal. Not only did, did I have one of these, yes. I went over to my dad's house the other day and he still had his Sony Yamaha uh, multi-disc CD burner. 
Oh my god. In his living room. And Amazing. I was like, oh my god, I yeah, remember I used to have, this thing. We all used to have CD spindles and now... Now I don't even don't. have don't a C- I don't have a single CD uh, like a, 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 a I still have five or six blank DVDs from a pack of twenty five that I bought back in high school. Yeah, that's hilarious. I am um, so hilariously and those were enough. All for just burning Linux live DVDs. <laughs> wow, <laughs> oh my God. For the time of using C uh, 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 USB USB drives. USB drives. I wow. um so recently. I was like, I I I have become a quiet K-poppy in that I have been listening to, you know, I like lots of K-pop groups. Not, I just listen to the music. I don't really care about like what's going on in the K-pop fandom. You don't love. Whatever. You're not army. You're not. <laughs> I know. I'm. I, and but but it? I was like, but I really like these two sure. girl groups, and I've they've had they're two newer girl groups. I've liked every single, they've had two CD, each of them have had too many CD releases, too many albums. And I've listened to both, all four of these albums through back to front. Like, I'm like, I really like these albums. So I was like, you know what? These would look really nice on a shelf. I'm going to buy these CDs. So I bought them. They're still You're a degenerate. And I was like, oh my God, I can't remember the last time I bought a CD before now. And then I had this thought of, I'm going to have these CDs and they're going to be on display. And like, you know, I might not be able to play them, which is fine because I listened to the music on Spotify. But I was like, but what if I do want to play the CD just to do it? I was like, do I own a CD player? And I, I had got, to think about it. <laughs> I got a, at the at the OdaFest Christmas like gift exchange, I got yeah. an AKB48 <laughs> CD and I was what? like, "What am I gonna do with this?" What? I have, I have exactly one audio CD, exactly one, and it lives in the exact same CD player nonstop. It lives in my car's CD player. It is the Evangelion Sounds of the Second Impact OST, and I got it at an Oda Fest. Odafest Light 2009. Oh, wow. Uh, gift exchange. <laughs> oh, nice. Wow. Hello. Wow. My memories have suddenly been jogged. Indeed. Indeed. So I'm just, uh, we are seeing a Y2K technology resurgence. And I love it. I love it. Because I was like, well, I re- so eventually I did figure out I do have a CD player because I have a PlayStation 4. So I have a CD player. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I was like, but I don't really want to like, like, let's be honest. If I'm going to go put a CD in my PS4 and then turn the TV on to listen to the music out of the PS4, I'm just going to open the Spotify app on my TV and play wow. the music from there. So yeah. I was like, so I was like, well, then there's no use in putting in the PS4. But I was like, well, what if I got one of those like Bluetooth? Because they have those like now those little mini um, CD player with speakers built in and they're Bluetooth controlled and they light up and, and, and stuff. I was like, how much are, are one of these? Like if I just had one to display the pretty CDs on and occasionally press play to be like, look guys, I have a CD player. Can you believe that? And they're like 30 bucks. And I was like, that's like nothing now, like $30 for a CD player. Remember when like the nicest newest CD player was like $150? Yeah, I was like, and this thing has Bluetooth. Like back in the day, this would have cost like two hundred and fifty bucks. Like let's yeah. go. Yeah, 
Do you remember what it was like to all, to like plug in a new CD and it always started up at like song one, and yes. so you'd you'd already have the playlist memorized. And you'd you'd just be skipping right away. You would know the song exactly you where you wanted to skip to. Yup. That is something I haven't done in so long. Yeah, because when I go through like my playlists are pre curated already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of, like, I skip all the songs off of albums that I didn't like as much. Yeah, and I re curate the album into my own mini album elsewhere. Does anyone else do the thing on Spotify or other music services where you have songs that you really like, but like you're not in the mood so like for that song for that t- for that style of artist at that time that you yeah. actually just still take them off of your liked so they don't come into your regular rotation of play? Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> like even though I know I've always that. yeah, because even though I know I'll always like the music. I just don't want to listen to it at this period of my life right now. So right, I just like, like, I unlike it, fuck, falls out of my playlist. Rotation. Regular playlist. And it's like, when I'm ready for it again, I'll go find it and then yeah. I'll play it. But I don't want it to, to shuffle in while I'm in the car or at yeah. the gym or just chilling out. Yeah, okay. exactly. I have a confession. Baby Nancy started a little tiny playlist back in junior high. And to be fair, this was the time where owning single MP3s was like, you know, that was the big thing to do. It was like, oh, yeah. I have I have the exact I'm, MP3s yeah. of these songs. And they were lined up uh, in the order that I basically like grew. So it was the very first song. Oh, my God. Are you saying this is the playlist of your life? This is the playlist of my life. The very first song was Eyes on Me. <gasps> oh my goodness. From Final Fantasy VIII, Miss Faye Wong. Did Never heard of you it. ever know that I the had The second song was a Spice Girls song. <laughs> Stop right now. Thank you very much. But I had this like running playlist and anytime I loved a song enough to go get an MP3 for it, it got added to the bottom of the list. Every so often I would group artists together. So like if someone came out with a new song and I was like, well, I don't really want this at the bottom. I kind of want this with the rest of their songs. They would get bumped up into like where I had some of their other songs. In yeah, the right. But I've had this running playlist since then. I have stopped adding songs to it because it was impossible to keep one playlist. I started breaking them out. It's like, this is my workout playlist. Right, like this genres, is my I feel like crying sure. yeah. playlist. This is my anime playlist. This is my whole Duo's Infinity discography. This is, and like, I made separate playlists so that I could keep up with it. Recently on, on Spotify, I have started doing um, more like a mood based thing. Where it's uh-huh. like, this is the one where they also I really offer want... that. They curate, they curate that for you off of your liked as well. Yes, yeah, I they love do. that. It's I, not perfect. You, I, it's not it's perfect. Not perfect. But, but it is. It's, it's a start. It's a start. It's a good starting place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like I have an outrun electro. I have one that's very cyberpunk feely. I have very you know bubblegum pop K-pop. A. Yeah. <laughs> A. But, you know, it's really funny. Sometimes I'll go back and I'll go see, like, my one long-running playlist and I'll be like, man, I liked a lot of music and I went through a lot of phases. Yeah. As we all the did, I'm sure. The closest thing that I have to that is just the music folder on my PC, <laughs> which has been not very carefully maintained or curated since high school. <laughs> 
But oh, it yeah. is the exact same folder since high school. I'm su- I, I'm not surprised that you've maintained like that you still have a music folder. I've stopped just like just like everything else in my life. I just stopped collecting. I just don't want a collection of anything, even of digital files, which is not permanent. I don't save memes anymore. I don't save photos or videos or anything anymore. I am like I am a absolute hoarder. Digital hoarder. You're a digital yeah, I, I know you are. gremlin. Me too. I know you are. I am a digital hoarder, 100%. That's okay. I don't hoard physical things, but digital things? Oh, yeah. When I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see some art that I like, you bet I'm downloading it. I only I'm save right I only dedicated. save things that I think are, first of all, super interesting and I think will be hard to actually find again. If it's Especially if it's a meme, I'm like... It's it's popular. I'll find it. It's stupid. I I don't need this ever again. But if it's something that it is like, oh, I have never seen this before, and the likelihood that I'll never see it again, and I think it's that dumb or that interesting, then I might right click. <laughs> Dio just right clicked and clicked properties on her reaction images folder, specifically not just pictures in general. Just reaction images. Uh, yeah, a subfolder in the pictures folder. It is oh, two and a half a... gigabytes and has thirty eight hundred files in it. Whoa! <laughs> and it's no. and it's subcategorized into two hundred and eighty five folders. No. What? No. 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 <laughs> Dio no, has a no, meme for no, every no, possible no, no. every occasion, and like they they have like very specific like I don't know what this Jesus. is like I'm a hundred percent a digital hoarder because like if I go through reaction images, it's not just like stuff like there is a generic folder one that's just cats. Okay, cool. It's reaction images of cats. But then there are like very specific ones like that are very like good morning. No. Have a nice day. No. Is a folder title. No. Um, I'm not happy for you is another title. Wow. Um, uh, uh, waifu is another one. Weebs. See, I would, what I want is, I want to, I want to piggyback off of it. If you ever had like, if you just ever put them all up on a server and I can just like, you know, hot link to them. Something. I should have reaction buru. Uh, exactly, reaction buru. There's literally one that is anime girls with signs. Oh my uh, god. Dude. As a template there, or I, No, it's anime me. girls. Well, some of them are templates, I have but a some of them with, have stuff on them. I have a folder with anime girls holding programming books. Oh, I am I, it's weird because like this does not affect me at all and I recognize it, but I feel weighed down just listening to this conversation. That's how wow. like that's how anti <laughs> hoarding i am like that's how anti-collecting i am and yeah, you guys know this you, i have reiterated this probably hundreds of thousands of times that somewhere like. on your hard drive you may not have looked at it in 13 years but you have a picture of patchouli knowledge from Pro- toho project holding sicp no i do but i know i have a problem <laughs> like i i have like and then and that that's not to even just like it's look not at the my ones. drug dude Freedom like, is my like, drug. Like this one. There's there's this one. I need to be free. I, this is a specific meme. It's not an assorted folder, but I always I care about this specific meme. It comes up like very rarely, but it's a pink Pomeranian and it's a it's from dog spotting in New York and it's a hot pink bitch named Breakfast. And that's I need this image all the time. Even if I don't physically have I'm not physically. Nancy's face is a, is like my physical brain equivalent, where like 
<laughs> like we're 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 like we understand Dio. I I've known Dio for over ten years. I yes. know Dio. I understand that Dio needs this, but yes. I am physically somehow still weighed down. With this. <laughs> like her weight is somehow my weight, and I'm like, Yikes. I don't. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but so I get it because that hot pink bitch named Breakfast. I get it. I do. Exactly. But I but can't. I'm just, but I'm not right clicking on it. <laughs> I am a digital hoarder. I can't stop, and I can't be stopped. And we can't stop you from listening to next week's episode next week coming to you next week next week at this place in this time in in this this economy economy? (laughs) (laughs) good night everyone (laughs) 